Well, bottoms up. The Grassy Troll here, a.k.a. Fred, coming at you again with another tantalizing, scintillizing podcast episode. Ooh, we can Ooh. hardly wait to get into it. I saw ball. you shiver with anticipation. <laughs> to uh, my left is my friend, Blato. Thank you. Glad to be here. Good to see you again, Fred. And to his left is our good friend, Nobs. Hello. Which would be to your right. Yes. Because we are sitting in triangular fashion. We are in the podcast triangle formation. <laughs> of One Shot Studios. <laughs> oh, no, he said that word. the name. Yeah. Well, it's it's beautiful spring day out today. What was it? Yeah, so why are we sitting in your basement? <laughs> I suggested doing this outside, but I had naysayers. Soon enough. Soon, Soon enough. We should, we should do one. Yeah, it was almost, what, 68 today? Uh, Sunny? But earlier today, it felt really warm. Yeah, we can. It cooled off a little bit when the when it got a little hazy, but mm-hmm. still nice. I will take this. It, yep, it looked beautiful out there. Nice Michigan spring day, so we will take it and we'll bury ourselves in some dank basement and do this <laughs> when we should be outside barbecuing or something. Uh, ah, but alas, here we I are. I had the moonroof open on my way over here. Ditto. Uh, yeah. I do that anytime it's over forty-five degrees. As long as it's sunny out, I'll, I'll open my moonroof on my car. Yeah, yeah, I like to as well. Yeah. You know, let's in the fresh air without having the windows down where, you know, just creates all that extra, you know, things blowing around and disrupts the sound. You know what's funny about talking about moonroofs open and all that kind of stuff? <clears throat> the other day, I think it was, I don't know, low 50s, so I had the moonroof open, come home from work, and for the first time ever... I left it open outside, mm. and I was, I, I didn't realize it. The next morning, I'm driving to work, I'm going, man, it feels cold in here. I look up, and it's open, and I was fortunate that it didn't rain or snow or something. So, yeah, that that is the very first time. I'm, I'm such, I'm so anal about checking everything, yeah. like, you know, with the house, with the car, and I was shocked that I was that I don't know. Neglect. Insecure, neglect. I neglected my routine, and the thing was open, and I lucked out that it didn't rain or whatever. So, I noticed you use the term moonroof. Sunroof. Moonroof. What is it? Well, I. I, well, I mean, I think it's sunroof, but I think there's a, there's a difference. But I. But, but, but generally, people use them generically. I don't think really people think about it, and I don't even know if technically. I would. My take is that technically, and I don't know this to be true, moonroof. Is not retractable and sunroof is, but they don't have non-retractable sunroofs anymore in cars. I thought a sunroof is the one where it just kind of popped open, and moonroof will retract it back. See, I uh, thought it was a technical difference. I would say the other way around, but see, I, I don't know. Now. I'm so confused now. <laughs> I don't know what. To well, think. which ones just pop open and don't retract back? <clears throat> like sunroof. Yeah. No, no, no! I'm saying like on a 1974 Pontiac or something. Oh, oh like, yeah, like that's nowadays everything. The yeah, roofs everything retract. retract. Like, like when you if you purchase a new car and you're looking at the features, does it say moonroof or sunroof? Sure, or something sure. else? It should be moon. No, no, no! You can't say it should be. <laughs> Why well, have we gone every assume, single car? And don't seen assume what they say. you are correct. Next weekend we're going to record from a, a parking lot from a dealership. I, 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 I think sunroof is what it's called. Generally. I think that's more applicable. Yeah. All right. Agreed. 
But we'll and you, you, just, you just kept. We'll have a Padam's up vote. You just call. You just kept. Yeah. You, well, you know what? I think I was influenced by him. He said Moonroof, and oh, I, I think he swayed me. I'm an influencer on the internet. Ooh, <laughs> he's a Twitter. Watch all Kardashians. <laughs> That's right. How many festivals have you been invited to? Oh, handful. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Uh, All right. Beer time. So it's beer time. Uh, so on this beautiful, sunny spring day, <laughs> Lotto provided us with what? Uh, a, a nice oatmeal stout. <laughs> Perfect for Liquid cement. <laughs> afternoon on a sunny day. Um, uh, but the one of the reasons I purchased this was it is from... Uh, when we talk about local breweries, we mean all of Michigan. But this one's a little closer to home. It's real close to uh, home. Roke, which is uh, kind of a play on Royal Oak, because there's also a Royal Oak Brewery. So there are there's two differences. Royal I Oak didn't brewery. know that. I didn't either. I don't know the Royal Oak Brewery um, bottles. Hmm. Um, but if it's uh, just like one block from out of downtown Royal Oak. I used to walk by it all the time when I lived down there. And that was kind of my first stop sometimes and last stop. <laughs> uh, but I've never been to the Roke. And and they're, they're more, you know, the Royal Oak Brewery was uh, um, more of a restaurant. But they had the, the, the big, uh, what do you call them? Big kegs. Where they make them? The, not kegs. Casks. Cat. What do they call those things? Those big kettles. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, so they, they gapping, you know, and, and, and they, they get them right out of the tap or whatever, you know, hmm. so it's pretty cool stuff. I, I've often wondered, but I don't think so, is Roke and Royal Oak Brewery affiliated and that, you know, they've said, okay, here's where, here's our restaurant and here now we have the brewery, but I do not believe they are affiliated at all. Hmm. And this one, I don't know if they have food, but you can kind of just walk in on a nice day like today <laughs> when you're not in the basement, but then you... Uh, can kind of lean up against, you know, some plywood or something and, um, you know, have, have the beer there. So, Knobs is uh, getting them open. Uh, what, a couple of stats. What's the stats? What's the stats? Uh, 8.3. Nice. So dignified, right, on a, on a stout. And also, I always enjoy it, like, and, and I know it doesn't always mean exactly what you think, but always enjoy when they put the IBUs on. So, this is 45. So this particular stout is going to be on the hoppy side, right? Um, it's an oatmeal stout. Um, the label talked about uh, chocolate and roasted and coffee and you know, kind of the same, you know, formula gaggle of yeah of, of ingredients that you see um, anymore with most of the stouts. I didn't see anybody yeah. get much head. No, here. not at all. No, no, not Very much. Very low head. You know, and I, I don't have color because today, <laughs> I don't know why I don't have, well, I, I actually do know I don't have a Pottoms Up pint, but I have the um, <laughs> the Golden Girls Betty White. That's right. And it's uh, pink chrome uh, or what? chrome finish, like a pink chrome finish over the glass. So it's going to. Probably like gonna change the, the it to color uh, lowrider would be yeah crazy. exactly, and it's worth saying what it is. This is not my meme of the day, but the but it could be. Yeah, the older you get, the better you get, unless you're a banana. <laughs> Bottoms up. up. Bottoms up for that. <laughs> it talks about a good mouth feel, and uh, I'm 
gonna go with this. Uh, you know, I was kind of when it said that on the label. I, I that was one of the things I wanted to taste for, because we're always working on being better beer tasters, right? I mean, and I still think that I suck at it. We're just working at drinking more beer. <laughs> <laughs> we owe it. We owe it to the to the listeners, right, to become right, better. Right, right. So so mouthfeel was the, was the one thing that I was keying in on based on what the label said about a uh, good mouthfeel, um, a velvet mouthfeel. Yeah. Um, I think I kind of agree with mm-hmm, that already. Mm-hmm. It's it, that, that That's what, like, as soon as I took that first drink, I said, ooh, that, that's thick. But I guess that was my interpretation of the texture of it is, like, fuller and velvety, I guess. I don't know. But it, what I was worried about when I read that is that that, is, it, does that mean it's that syrupy feel? Mm-hmm. You know that I I don't like with some of the the the, the stouts or porters, and it, it's not syrupy at all, in my nope. opinion. No, uh, it actually poured thicker than it tasted. Mm. I thought. Nobs, any any initial reactions? I think it's fine. <laughs> that, 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 that tells me you're kind of going. You're leaning mad. I'm leaning mad. I'm yeah. not a stout person. I don't like coffee. I've said that numerous times. So anything you can taste coffee, the coffee, especially in the aftertaste. Yes. Anything with coffee is probably going to lead more towards math for me. So you don't drink coffee? Nope. Hmm. I do not. How do you survive? Uh, some say I don't. <laughs> <laughs> How's the IT guy not drink coffee, right? That's a good question, yeah. You, you know, um, the, the way that... Uh, I don't drink coffee or Mountain Dew, which are two staples of the industry. So uh, I don't know how I survive. <laughs> um, so, beyond I, I your think, years, that's what you are. I think for what they were looking to do, they succeeded, though. Based on the description. Yeah. Uh, I want to point out that it does say that uh, this is a tribute to veterans, both two and four legged. Portion of the proceeds go to local VA hospital. Hoorah. And that's terrific. Uh, I don't know what the devil dog has to do with that necessarily. I think devil dogs are Marines. Yeah, maybe. It's military. I think that's a military thing. I think it's Marines. That could be fact checked, but I'm pretty sure that's what devil dogs has to do with. Um, All right, but, but I'm, I'm 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 liking it a lot. Um, I, I could see myself ordering this again, maybe in November. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was kind of curious why we got such a, a, a heavy, well, these were, heavy contender at this time. Well, of year, as we should be our, turning the corner. As our regular listeners know, there's been lots of things kind of happening in terms of travel and different things that we've been doing with the podcast. So um, when I purchased these, we were still in the middle of winter. Okay. <laughs> these were like spare backup beers, weren't they? No, no, no. It was it was my turn, and then I think it's it's when uh, uh, our listener in Philly oh, sent in. Oh, that's right. So then we went with his beers, and then I think we had one, and then it was one of your guys' uh-huh. turn, and then... It was Vegas, so um, like I said, a little out of whack. And these were purchased then um, prior to um, the, the Philly craft beers. Which a uh, real quick update: I did get to go to that brewery. Oh, I, I was in was Philly it last weekend. The Shamini Creek Brewery, great place. Just a beer place. I mean. Imagine you've got an industrial building, you start brewing beer in the back, using it as your distribution center, hmm. and then you're like, you know what, let's set up a counter and some picnic tables and invite people in, and that's the kind of place it is. Um, 
you know, excellent beers. Uh, we both had flights, um, you know, good and bad, but exactly what you expect out of flights. Um, fun people there, um, a, a good mix. Um, there is a shortage, not not like Michigan. You know, we, we talk about Michigan being strong in the craft beer industry and how fortunate we are. You know, you go to places like Pennsylvania and Philadelphia and you kind of see, uh, you know, that they are not as, as, as prevalent. Um, you know, we had to drive, you know, like, it was like 20 minutes. I'm like, you know, the beer better be really, <laughs> this, better, this better be really awesome. Like 20, 30 minutes or whatever it was. We're driving around. I'm like, are we eventually going to get there? Like, do you have other breweries? He's like, Nishami Creek is kind of like the, the one. It, yeah. Right? Well, there's others, I'm sure, but not like we have just around here, you know, as we're drinking a local one. So, but cool place. Remember we talked about the artwork on the cans? Yep. Yes. Well, then the whole the, the whole brewery is, is done up in, uh, like, graffiti from that same artist. Oh. So they carry that theme all the way through. So, yeah. Sounds cool. Very hip. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what do I feel about this? Um... I, I did like the mouth feel. I'm not so sure we've used that term before. If we have, I don't remember. Kind of an odd word, but mouth feel. It's sort of like moist, you know. It, yeah, just it just feels wrong. It feels wrong. <laughs> but it did have a good mouth feel. A moist mouth a mo- feel? A moist, <laughs> a moist, velvety mouth feel. I got chocolate real quick up front, and then it went to coffee. And then I don't know if it's this cold I have or not, but I almost detected like almost a smoky finish to it. Mm-hmm. Is that just me? You guys pick up anything? That's the roast, the I roasted. guess. Yeah. Yeah, I, it yeah. was like, almost like a smoky finish and I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's my cold deceiving me or... Roasted coffee beans they use. Yeah, okay. So it's for real. I like it. I would say right now, you know, it is for me at this point, but subject to change and we'll yeah. revisit this a little while later, but so far, so good. I'm saying the same thing. Okay. Okay. Uh, Did you say you had fact checks or? Uh, what do you want to do, memes or fact checks? I do have one fact check. Then. Well, just do your one fact check and then we'll, okay. so, we'll go to Okay, uh, so last week um, we were talking about the Mueller report and um, we were talking about, you know, what, what constitutes conspiracy and I was looking for a term that was just evading me um, to describe what some of the players have been, like the, the, the unknowing dupe, right? And the term I was looking for, uh, reflecting back, was useful idiot. Ah, oh, yeah. You know what's funny is probably two days later I heard that on the radio one of the yeah, and that's a, that's, a, that's talking like, heads used it, and I'm like, ah, that's what Blatter was thinking about. And that's like a a, a a term that the FBI and CIA actually use. Yeah, like in, in it, it was a it was a FBI yeah. ex FBI person who used it. Yeah, Frank Vagluzzi. Yeah, <laughs> and I think Malcolm Nance uses it quite a bit too. Yeah, right? yeah, he used it. I'm going, ah, that's what Blatter was talking about because yeah. I I know it was like one of those things you it's like on the tip of your tongue but you can't come up with it. Uh, so when when I was listening to the episode to get the fact checks, I just Googled some things about, like, you know, uh, describing what this person is so I could get to that term, right? And I finally did find it. But in the meantime, I found another website uh, from Mental Floss um, that had 11 old-fashioned words for idiots. 
and I thought this was worth sharing today because, you know, we, we've come up with or we've run out of words for the absurdity of this administration, right? Have we run out of words to describe the president's moron in chief? Okay, so if we, if we feel like we've run out of words, here are some that are, are sort of old-fashioned. I thought they're, we don't have to go through all of them, but uh, number one is the jobbernowl. The jobbernowl? The jobbernowl. <laughs> uh, Lewis Carroll used it. The nitty naughty. <laughs> uh, that goes for more childish uh, description, but that also fits, right? Um, a stooky was originally a type of wax statue or another dummy. So who in the administration best, best is, would, would be best described as a stooky? Pence. But yes. <laughs> Especially during that one meeting they showed yeah, us. He's just sitting he there. He just sat there like a wax figure. <laughs> Do you have cotton-headed ninny muggins on there? Uh, no, I don't think no? so. I'm, I'm going through a couple others. A la elf. Um, the dizzard. Dizzard. So that's a court jester. That's a jester is a dizzard. Uh, Nunez, the dizzard. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's easily applicable to uh, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. The Dotty Pole. Uh, let's see. 1400s. Uh, suggest it comes from the definition of Dodd to make the head rounder. I don't know what method you use to make the head rounder. <laughs> uh, a dunderwhelp. Uh, let's see here what else we have here. Oh, this one is very good. A sump. Spell it. S U M P H. A sump. Trump sump. Yep. Sump. Trump. Oh, right? There you go. A Scottish word. Uh, uh, and then uh, ninny hammer. Mm, that's, that's close that's to what you had a ninny muggins. Uh, I, bet you that, I bet you that's partially where that came from. Sounds really good. Uh, it, it's such a glorious mashup. The namby pambiness of a ninny and the power of a hammer don't seem to go together, but they combine to make an insult that combines a ninny's lack of conviction and a hammer's lack of brain power. Lindsey Graham. <laughs> That's who comes to mind. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Yeah. And, and, and Trump as well. So, anyway. Oh, yeah. uh, a fact check stretch, stretched out there into some other fun topics. I like it. That was good stuff. Uh, I'm going to have to... Sumpf. <laughs> Dizzard. <laughs> the jester. <laughs> and the stooky. <laughs> All right. What do you got for a meme of the week there? Okay. Well, we're back to the political bent on these. And uh, it will be semi-visual, so I'll show it to you guys. You'll get a kick out of it. It's we will be sure to post. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. It, it shows the presidents, and it says, Trump lays a wreath at the foot of the unknown bone spur. <laughs> <laughs> and it nice. goes back to nice. the, the whole business of uh, him yeah. avoiding putting a wreath on the tomb of the unknown soldier, his disrespect for the military and America in general. So I thought this was pretty funny. Anyways, onto yours. What do you got, Blato? Uh, mine is, is kind of political, but also cultural. It kind of fits in. Um, 
uh, we know what a, a, a Venn diagram is? Yep. Grassy? Venn diagram? Yeah. Not 100% sure. Two, when two, two circles, circles come together overlap. and then there's something. Oh, oh com- yeah, yeah, yeah. A, yes. a commonality in yes. between the circles. Uh, so, again, this is very visual, as most memes are. Um, uh, so definitely we'll have to post. So just try and think. It's a it's a Venn diagram of four circles. Okay. And the four circles that are all conjoining in the middle, okay? So the middle says you are here, and it's got basically a quarter of each circle in it, right? And the right. four circles are 1984, Fahrenheit 451, Brave New World and a handmaid's t- a handmaid's tale. Oh God! <laughs> wow! And that's what we're we're at the intersection of all of those uh, uh, dystopian kind of places. So, you know, it's like you want to la- you want to laugh at that, but <laughs> that it's scary. true, <laughs> especially that <laughs> handmaid's tale thing. That that's a, the creepiest one of all because we watch that series. Yeah, and, it's really good. Yeah, did you watch it, Black? I, I don't watch that series. Um, you, you should, but I you understand that it's high in the creep factor. But uh, you know, not to go off on too large of a tangent here, but you see what's happening with women's rights across the country right now. The Republicans are just going crazy. They are trying their damnedest to get this to the Supreme Court with Kavanaugh sitting there. It's it's going to get there. One, yeah, it, I mean, it's just, it, it's crazy how many laws are being passed by right-wing state legislations right now that are unconstitutional, but they are getting them passed. None will probably go into an effect because the lower courts will step in and, and, and make sure. Um, but they're, they're, they're trying to get up to the Supreme Court on this, and and they will probably succeed. And then hold on. Well, and in, in you and in you also had called out a long time ago in the very beginning when we were doing the the start of the podcast thing. You were saying that the whole abortion women's right thing was going to be a political hammer. Well, the GOP is using yeah, it yeah, that yeah, way, right? Yes, exactly. That's what I meant. Yep. You called that a long time ago, and, and so, so I'm so bringing the, it back up, give you credit again. And the state legislations are, are jumping onto that, you know what I mean? And getting every, you know, th- this is this is all that they have anymore. It's, I mean, I don't want to say it's sad because I, I don't, you know, I want them to wither away and die, but this is what they have. And, 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 and they're going to keep working it as best they can. They, they, they don't have anything else, right? I mean, they, they don't have health care. Well, they are the party of health care. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I'm, I'm, I'm stepping all over Nob's meme of the week here. So. Oh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Mine's simple, oh. not political. Timeline of laundry. Wash, 45 minutes. Dry, 60 minutes. Put away, 7 to 10 business days. <laughs> <laughs> See, uh, I don't allow that, me personally. That's what this is for. I've got a watch with a timer. The stuff gets folded. What's the point of washing clothes <laughs> if you're in drying clothes if you're not going to fold them, put them away? I can't speak for the people I live with, but that does not apply to me. And, and, <laughs> it applies to me. It, it doesn't really apply to me because, um, you know, my better half likes doing laundry. Really. Oh yeah, yeah. She she loves doing laundry, and 
you know, whether it's, you know, moving it from washer to dryer or whatever, gathering it, folding it, um, it it's never going to uh, be in one spot too long. <laughs> I do my own for the purpose of that meme. Because so you, if, if I had help from other household members, <laughs> it would be seven to ten business days and I would have no work close. So I, I, I know where that's going, so I just do it myself and... It's understood. That's how, <laughs> how the laundry thing goes in this household. <laughs> All right. This beer's tasting good. Bottoms hey, up. Yeah, I'm, I'm just about ready for another one, honestly. I know. We, we might have to do three today. <laughs> uh, relatively speaking, I, I think, you know, uh, today's climate never really uh, um, deprives us of political stories, but as in the context of today's world in the last, you know, three years, uh, this week has been a little slower than, than other weeks, right? I mean, yeah. uh, there's a lot of sort no of bombshells. Wait, a lot of wait and see kind of thing, right? I mean, you know, we talked about whether we wanted to discuss the subpoena bomb. And I kind of feel like that's, that's more like let's, I want to see subpoenas drop. I want to start seeing people defy the subpoenas, and then let that get into a, in front of a judge for contempt. Uh, lots of threats of, of subpoenas, but I don't know, and we talked about it, we don't know how many have actually really been issued. You think there's been some? I thought there were some, but not not to the big players. Mm-hmm. I mean, like with the bar business and the Mueller report, they basically said, yep, we're going to do it, but... We would rather right. negotiate with you and let's do it in good faith, but we're going to drop it if you don't, and then we end up in court. But, yeah. But as far as the big players, I, I can't think of any off the top of my head that have actually been served. I mean, Nadler gave Barr the deadline of the 2nd, yeah. which was Tuesday, right. Wednesday. So that's coming Tuesday. gone. Uh, he says he's been on the phone with him trying to work this out. But don't draw a line in the sand and then not deliver on your punishment. Well, right? I think I mean, what Nadler that. said that if, if they didn't deliver by the second, the third, they would have the vote. And they did. And they did. And they voted um, pretty much along party lines, which but, uh, makes no sense because... But you're not surprised. No, but they, they had, what, 420 people in the House say yes, share the entire thing. And then when it comes down to... The subpoena to make them share the whole mm-hmm. thing. All of a sudden, we're back to party lines, so they're hypocrites. Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, whatever. But I, I think there, maybe at lower levels, there may be, may be some p- subpoenas that have been served, but I can't. Right. Know, right. Say for sure at this point, so I'm right. not going to. I mean, it's almost like you'd have to, you, you'd have to make a list of the committees and make a list of the targets and you know it, it, it gets kind of messy kudos for those that are able to keep that all in their head but we're, we're really not at that level of detail day in and day out you know the, the one we got thing, memes to look at yeah that's right the one thing since we're talking about subpoenas it just came to mind that i thought was a little on the humorous side and i'm kind of jumping tracks here for a little bit because we might talk about this later in the episode but the whole business of um, getting the presidential 
tax um, mm-hmm. returns and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And it was funny because they said they were going after his tax returns and then they were going after his uh, business statements for the last six years. And then they said they were actually going to go after uh, a couple banks that he's dealt with. And both of the banks that were involved said, we'll be happy to hand it over as long as you give us a subpoena. And their response was, we'll be happy to give you a subpoena. Yeah. So it kind of cracks me up. They're not, it's it's like they're not really resisting. They're just saying, you need to give us that piece of paper and we'll give you what you want just to say, what could we do? Correct. Yeah, they're just protecting themselves. They're just covering yeah. CYA. CYA. Yeah. yeah, it was big CYA. And I thought it was almost like chuckle worthy yeah. because they're like, no, we're not going to give it to you, but give us a subpoena. Sure, you can have everything you want. We're covered. What could we do? So, anyways, I thought, didn't mean to jump uh, rails there. But. No, no, no. It fit right in. And, and probably fit better in, fit, fit better, fit in better. Uh, Pops up. Time return. <laughs> the, then, that 8.3 is working real well. Then, kind of what we were sort of bantering about uh, in, in our prep. And, you know, I'm almost embarrassed to say it. Like, the big story of the week, this, this last week in politics, has been Joe Biden being a touchy-feely kind of guy. And, I, you know, it, it's... My first reaction is it, it, it is not what Bottoms Up is about. <laughs> you know, I'd rather keep things a little bit more hardcore on the politics and the policies or I should say you know and and what affects uh, Americans but this Joe Biden thing is is it, this is where the MSM frustrates you know even the, the the liberal or the democrat or the left or whatever that feels like the MSM is on their side right how much credibility and and how they explode these stories simply really it, transparently in the name of uh, ratings. It's something people want to hear about, and so they feed it. But it's really not that interesting. Right. You, you know, and, and, and that's where, you, you know, you, you can go back to any Trumpster and they want to complain about the mainstream media and, you know, that they're not treated fairly. Well, right now the mainstream media has been dragging Joe Biden through the mud. On elbow squeezes, back rubs, head kisses. I'm hair smelling. <laughs> don't forget that. Gee, your hair smells terrific. Remember those commercials? Oh, yeah. I don't think you see those today, right? No, no, no. Right? I mean, those were like co-workers back then, right? Those commercials. <laughs> was it Suave or something like that? Uh, no, that was the name of the shampoo. Oh, that's right. Gee, your Gee, hair, your smells, hair terrific. smells terrific. Not not knobs is what? Nope. <laughs> Never what? heard of that. <laughs> That was the name of the shampoo. <clears throat> so when seventies yeah. uh, maybe? Oh, okay. That a- early eighties. Yeah, that's probably about, that's about right. Yeah. yeah. So, what exactly are these accusations against Biden? Be, be right. I mean, they are. They they. Okay. One of the reasons that this is not bottoms up is because we do want to be somewhat delicate in these conversations, right? I mean. We, and and you know, but but they seem to me most of the time they're a matter of uncomfortably invading my space or some sort of personal contact, and 
uh, you know, for some people, that's a very low bar. Like, like there was a gal that I used to work with who was not a hugger, like no hugging whatsoever. I never really found myself in need to hug her, right? <laughs> but, you know, she's a no, no contact person. That's the way that she is. So does that mean that when someone moves in for a hug or even a, um, you know, a, a, a hearty handshake, that they're wrong because her sensitivity is such that that is out of bounds, right? I mean, I mean, you can apologize and you can ask, but you know, with this particular person, you know, and you know, she's that way with everybody. Like, it, it could be her oldest, bestest friend from, you know, twenty years ago that she hasn't seen. She doesn't want to hug them, so it, it, that is a personal thing. But I don't know if it applies to the way that these things are talked about in a political sphere that that's and and so these accusations they're not sexual in nature and no one really has said they were they're uncomfortable or they're um you know invading their privacy it's it's hard to fault joe biden for that i, I just find this whole thing weird that a none of it has been called out as sexual not a single one of these people have said they felt that there was sexual intent or was sexual harassment which is kind of weird to me how many how many people are there now about six maybe yeah like six and it's all oh he just invaded my personal space and it made me feel uncomfortable so 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 how did that get into the news Right, that's what you're saying. So, how does that person all of a sudden get into the news when all they all they're doing is recanting a story where, you know, he squeezed my shoulders at, at at a at a political event, and I thought, oh, you know, I don't even like my grandfather doing that, right? But that's that that's that's the way he means it, right? He means it in a grandfatherly way, I, I think. I mean, I, you know, we always talk about can't get in their heads, but but I. You know, none of them seem to accuse him in anything of a sexual nature. Right, right. That, that's what, what this whole thing seems so, so bizarre to does it, me. Does it fit within the Me Too movement? I, I would say that's a, that, you, you don't have would, to answer that. <laughs> all right, I won't. <laughs> I'm you not going to commit. We, we have no females at the round table today, right? Yeah, so yeah. maybe we should, but... And and it is a topic maybe that we we, we should have half pint or or someone else here, but it it um, I, I struggle with the idea that it fits within the Me Too movement, and I think when the Me Too movement gets that broad, where you're talking about unwanted hugs and handshakes, uh, you, you lose focus of what it's really about. If if you want to bring down the likes of of Joe, if you're trying, all of these things still have to be looked at in a case-by-case -case basis, right? You can't put Joe Biden in the same conversation of Harvey Weinstein. No. Right? And I shouldn't even be saying it out loud, right? That, that's bad of me. So the, the media has to be careful that it doesn't conflate too much because, one, it unnecessarily damages those that don't need to be, but, two, it unnecessarily waters down the real meat of the movements. And, and so then... Therefore, you're you're not doing anybody any good by mischaracterizing such things, right? Yeah, 
in in a, in, a, in not necessarily in his defense, but they he and his group are claiming that it's a generational thing that Joe Biden is like this grandfatherly figure and he's always mm-hmm. been a touchy feely guy with both men and women. He's been in politics forever. 50 years. 50 years. And now all of a sudden this stuff is bubbling up to the top. And to me, yeah. I, I, I can't understand if, if it isn't like a salacious accusation, what is the point of this really? I mean, what what are they trying to do to him? Right. And, I, and, and I'm almost getting conspiracy theory here. It's like, I, I don't know why, but I get this weird feeling... The Democrats are not not candidates, yeah. But lower level, the machine of the Democrats might have something to do with these people coming forward. Like it's like a it's like a soft a soft. We don't want to destroy Joe Biden, make him sound like the creepy old guy, you know, the creepy uncle. Yeah. But we want him to reconsider coming into the race because we're, we're trying to undermine him making the commitment to it. You know you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And and I hate to sound that way, but all, all of the circumstances of this thing are just weird to me. I don't I don't see it in a conspiracy theory that way so much. And I, I, I you know, your question is valid. I look at it also as, as I mentioned before, one of the problems with mainstream media. I mean, somebody comes out about an allegation against Joe Biden, and who is not going to run that story? No matter how, uh, uh, you know, innocuous or trite or whatever the right word is that, you know, that, that, that would uh, describe that event, it, it's, it's going to be newsworthy. And, and you know, maybe I'm, again, jumping on the conspiracy theorist bandwagon of blame the media um, but in this case, I, I, I kind of do because it was the story of the last 10 days had been Joe Biden. It wasn't a one-day story. It wasn't a three-day story. It's, it, it, it ran nonstop concurrently yeah. with all the other things happening. <clears throat> you know, And then he felt compelled to come out with a video saying, and, and his video I thought was really good. I mean, it was spot on in terms of saying who he was, and now he's just going to be more considerate. And I don't think Joe's going to have to change. I think just from what I sense from him, you know, he, he will be more because if 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 your if your motive is not nefarious in terms of the way that you engage people, it's much easier to change your behavior. I think, right? Okay, you know what? I'll do a handshake and I won't do the elbow grab. You know, I, I, yeah. Well, he he did a speech the other day. It, it, did you happen to see that? No. And this was after the video that he did on Twitter came out. He did a, a, a live speech, and I don't I don't recall what it, where it was at. But he hugged the guy who introduced him, and there was a young kid there, maybe 13 years old. He kind of put his arm around him, and he made a point to say, I asked them both before. <laughs> and I'm like, no. Joe Biden, you old dope. Yeah. Why would why would you even say that? He has a joke to kind of like yeah. play it off. But that's that's that that's the world to me to me. He shouldn't have done that. He should I agree, why would but you that's, go there. That that's that to me is more of the world we live that's in. That's feeding into the media yes. though. Because you know yeah, no. everybody is gonna be 
taking that and running with it in any it doesn't help to heal up the mess he's got whenever i look at any of these things i look at motive i mean what is driving people's motives that that to me is the best way to understand what's in their heart right that's how i define trump his motives are promote my brand make more money that's you know that's his motive right to to, to motive to, Apparatus. And, and, MO. and, and, you know, I, I use it in all walks of life, whether it's, you know, with family members or not, you know, maybe you didn't like what they did, but were their motives pure, right? Were they doing it because they thought it was helping you? And, you know, that's the way you should, should look at it. Uh, you know, I, I use it with my kids all the time, you know, you know, they might be complaining about the other parent. <laughs> and then it's like, what are her motives? Her motives are to help you to, you know what I mean? So, yeah, you know, how, people basically usually act based on their motives. It's really hard for me to look at and, and, and ascertain from Joe Biden's motives or anyone like Joe. See, that's where this is the bigger story, right? There's touchy-feely touchy people out there. And, yes, sometimes touchy-feely people make us uncomfortable. We've all been on that side of it. Right, someone we barely know, or the coworker, like I was explaining, you know, and sometimes I've been that coworker. What are their motives? Their motives are that's just the way they want to connect with you. Their motive is not, uh, you know, I'm trying to, uh, you know, you know, get a cop a feel. You know what I mean? That right. that's not their motive. <laughs> Story. Here we go. <laughs> story. And I know I Settling should... Settling back? <laughs> I should not... I, I should not bring the story up. <laughs> no names. I was uh, uh, on an airplane recently, and uh, the cart went by me, okay, with the flight attendants, right? And I had thought they had moved on past me, and uh, I bent down to put... Uh, my shoe on, I believe. I take my shoes off when I fly. Um, Del Griffith. And uh, <laughs> anyway, to put my shoe on because... Oh, my dogs are barking. Uh, anyway, and as I did that, my elbow shoulder, as I leaned down, bumped the flight attendant in the rear. And I've read stories and I've seen things about how much flight attendants get harassed. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty big deal in, in, in that line of work. And I froze. Like, like, what do I do? Like, do I say something? Do I ignore it? Do I pretend she ignored it? Does she feel like, okay, I did this on purpose? You know, I, I was really petrified. And I... You know, you got to make all these calculations. Well, the fact that you were taking a selfie at the time, <laughs> I think it makes it pretty clear. But carry on. <laughs> so I, 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 I said something. I, I decided not to say anything in hope. Like, she's just used to people bumping into her, right? But it was clearly on her butt, you know. She turned around and said to me, she said something. She, she laughed it off. Like, she said something like, excuse me, or, um, I, you know. But she was being nice about it. But then I, I thought to myself, I bet you she thinks I did it on purpose. Well, you're flirting with her, yeah? No, not flirting. <laughs> because, because I don't think she felt like it was a flirt either. I think she, she may have very well thought that I did it just to cop a feel. Oh. With my elbow, uh, my shoulder, whatever it was, my upper arm. You know what I mean? When I, and it was like, 
just a really uncomfortable moment for me because, you know, I'm like, oh no, excuse me, you know what I mean? Didn't mean to, but um, uh, I, I just kept thinking that she thought I did it on purpose. And people probably do. See, then I'm thinking, you know, people probably do. Oh, boom, you know, hey, you know, that was kind of squishy, you know? <laughs> squishy. Whatever, right? I mean. Oh, you, know, you didn't have a tone steward to say. <laughs> Look at this guy. Sublato can Hashtag never run for president. <laughs> Hashtag me too. Yeah, no, you're right, you're right. Yeah. All of a sudden, you know, I run for office and then you know, Susan comes Jenkins out. comes out of the woodwork. She, she comes out and say, well, you know, he slapped me in the ass <laughs> while I was trying to serve somebody a Diet Coke on an airplane. I'm like, no. <laughs> I had all these hats made up for 2020. Ah. Uh. Blotto 2020, but I don't, I don't think uh, politics are ever. All right. Speaking favorite. of Joe Biden, <clears throat> since we're on that subject, do you think he should run? And this has nothing to do with the creepy old guy thing. Right. Do you think Joe Biden should run? <clears throat> yes. Why? Because I don't have a problem with anybody wanting to run for president. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I guess except for maybe Bernie. So I did. There's that was <laughs> Schultz. Oh yeah. Okay. We, we got you on tape, brother. Inside the inside the two party system, because we're not there for the three party yet. Okay. I, I if Trump wasn't president, I might even be more in favor of the of the three party president. Right. If if I could stomach who is in office now, then give third party a shot. But the, but there's only one goal with this presidential election, and that is to remove Trump. So I don't have a problem with Biden Biden running. One is because, yes, I do believe he's very capable of beating Trump, getting a lot of crossover votes in a lot of purple states. That, I think, is his strength. So, so I, I don't have you, a problem with him running. So are you saying that from a survivalist point of view that y- you would be in- you would encourage him to run just because no, he can beat Trump? No, I'm not going to. I wouldn't encourage him to run either. I, I really am so fascinated by this Democratic primary season that we're heading into. It's going to be it's going to be amazing because I think that we have great candidates up and down. There's a few that eh, whatever, but you know their funding is going to dry up and they'll go away. But the the, the ones who are making money right now. You know, there is, we're not even close to anything like a coronation. And I think if Joe Biden gets in, there's no coronation there either. He's going to have to earn his way through the primary system. He also can, you know, I mean, he's, I'm sure he's got money, but he doesn't have the kind of money he need. He needs donors. He needs people to, you know, to support his campaign. And that ultimately, in, in some ways, unfortunately, that dictates who stays in the race longer. So I... I I kind of know where you're going with it in terms of does he does he lessen the likelihood of a progressive, right? I mean, he's he's old school, he's insider, and all of that, and and unless there's more to it than that. Plus, he he's almost even come out and say that he would be a one-term president, and hopefully, his vice president who. Would would be one of those younger progressives. You would think would carry the mantle, so it's like, I, I don't know. I, he's probably not going to get my primary vote. If that's a better way to answer the question, 
but I don't have a problem with him getting in the race. Okay, in general terms, you're saying, yeah, go for it because more the merrier. No, no, more options. (laughs) No, not more the merrier either. More the merrier is bad for the Democrats. I just think that it's it's wrong to say who should get in and who shouldn't get in. That's that that's you know within that Democratic primary again. Schultz, fuck that dude. Yeah, but and he still hasn't announced. No, which tells me he's not going to. But you know. Um, I, I just think that l- let the primary system play out. I th- you know, um, I'm more concerned about if the primary, as the primary season plays out, do they turn on one another? Like, who really wants to be president? Who's who? Who would do anything to hurt their opponent to be president? Bernie showed that with Clinton. He was doing everything he could to bring down Clinton to become president. I don't. I, I don't know that he really wants to be president this time. I'm gonna assume that he does, but you know, is he willing to go so far as to to start, you know, slinging arrows at at, at Joe Biden and you know Beto and you know Kamala uh, Cam, uh, Kamala Harris. I, I don't see that being the case. But oh, okay, you know, I don't see that being the case. So far, the Democrats are playing nice. There was some rumor that maybe it was even some of the Bernie bros that were propagating this stuff up about Biden. I think I saw one article about it, but I, you know. I don't know. It, it, it crossed my mind that it might be coming from inside the Democratic Who's going to be the most ruthless person in the Democratic primary? Who's going to go there first? Of the bunch that we have now? Yeah. Who's going to be the one to say, oh, that person is a bad, bad person. You don't want them to be president. Is it Bernie? Probably because just like Biden, he's an old codger and he's just going to say what's on his mind. And I don't know. I, I, I guess the reason I asked, partially why I asked that question is because we've got all these people that are jumping in mm-hmm. and, and they're dinosaurs. They're old some are old. Elizabeth Warren is old. <laughs> Joe Biden is old. Bernie Sanders is pretty old. Okay, Bernie Sanders is old and Joe Biden is. I don't look at Elizabeth Warren as being old. Is she, she is. She's in her 70s. She's in her 70s? Yes. Oh. Well, she's American Indian and you know the stereotype. <laughs> don't say what it is. <laughs> I don't have to. I, 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 I'm not going to get caught up in the age thing anyway. Well, I, I think that has a, it has a lot to do with it. it. That stuff is perception. Sure. Perception is reality oftentimes, especially in politics. Well, absolutely. So it, it's, I think Joe Biden, personally, I hope he does not get in. Because he should have got in by now if, if he was serious about it. Because well, that's, he, he's playing games. No. Part of his game is this first quarter business about fundraising. Because he's always been a horrible fundraiser. He, he, he's been anemic when it comes to raising money. And so he, I think he, avo- he keeps avoiding it because he doesn't want to be included in this first quarter Money raising thing because Bernie's up to eighteen million, Kamala's twelve million, yeah. Beto is almost ten million. But a judge is seven. Buddha judge is seven point six. <laughs> and think of the people Buddha judge is ahead of. Yeah. So Biden don't want any part of that, you know. 
so I I just wish he'd quit screwing around. It, I I don't want to see him in it. I honestly don't, be, because I I I don't think it's going to be helpful, and I I don't think he is going to keep the machine running and be the viable. He's not the one that's going to take down the president. I don't believe that. I, he may come in and go right to the front runner, but it's not going to last. Okay, I, I, you said two different things there, though. Will he be the front runner, and can he take down? I don't know that he he'll be the front runner. He will come in and initially. No, that's why otherwise I don't, he'll be a front runner, but it will fade fast because he won't be able to keep up money wise, and in in the grandpa stuffs just it's just just going to wear thin on people. We got to go with somebody, you know, within this century. When you say we gotta, I, I just feel that's stronger for us. I, I, I'm not saying it's not, but I just want the primary pl- process to play out. That you, you know, that's, um, that's just the way that it has to happen. And I'm not afraid if the primary process says that you know Joe Joe Biden's the guy. I'm 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 going to be enthusiastic about it. I'm going to be really enthusiastic about it. If the if the primary process says that. You know, Ensley is the guy. I'm going to be really enthusiastic about it, you know. I don't know how old he is. <laughs> he's got gray hair, right? He's not 70-something. But he's, but, he, but, he's, but he's, from the progressive standpoint, he's the old white guy again, right? I mean, that's that, that's who's running. I mean, I, I, as much as I, I, I want to add more diversity into the pool, and I, you know, we, we will see what happens when the Michigan primary comes around and, and, and you know, how many are in it and where I want to cast my vote. Last year, or I should say last election, for a lot of primary voters, there was a choice of two on the Democrat ticket. Okay, I think that's really more than I wanted to talk about with Biden because, like I said, the whole the whole topic kind of gives me some skeevies. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, uh, and even though a bit of a, a slower news week, um, it, it, we, we've got to spend a little bit of time on this Mueller report and... And, and what Barr is doing with it. I mean, I, I don't know how this thing's going to resolve. I think, uh, was it last episode or episode before that? I think we, we, we gave our, our sense, right? 50%, 70% yep. release. Yep. I, I don't know if it's changed at all um, this, since then. But I, the, the, the more that I understand about the process of the of the special prosecutor and the relationship between them and the AG typically I'm looking at this and I think Mueller fucked up and and I I, I think Mueller tried to be such a boy scout and follow the rules as they're written in a world today where rules don't matter yeah and uh, you know there was a they were, they were talking to some prosecutor or something. Um, might have been the last word show. And, and they were saying that, um, uh, you know, if you're working under the rules that a sitting president cannot be indicted, then why would you recommend an indictment? And that's why there's no recommendation on the obstruction of justice. Because if you can't, then why would you? Because he creates a shitstorm if he says, I would, but I won't. I would, but I can't. Right. I, I would, but I, I won't because I can't, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. 
And and so he throws it over to the AG to make that decision. And of course the AG is not going to do it. And, you know, they were, they, they kind of made this, the, the segment I was watching, making this the football analogy. And, and that, you know, Barr intercepted. And I'm thinking to myself, how could you not know Barr was going to intercept? You know, Barr was the lone safety back there. He was definitely going to intercept this. And we know he's a political hack. Mueller knows he's a political hack. So Mueller's, I don't know if it's naivete, but it, it, it it's like, I'm just going to play this by the rules and and walk away, and I and I think he's I think he screwed the American people on this. I think he did what he thought was best, but I do think he was naive in thinking that being honorable would play out in the end, and that's not the current climate. Well, that's that, I used to believe that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, like for example, I saw an article saying that the re- the report has summaries for each section. And they were in there specifically for the public because he thought the report was going to be made public. Not even thinking that Barr is going to be blocking this and Senate blocking any attempt to have it released. And that, yeah, like I don't know how he would ever think it was going to be public with those people in power to do that. Right, with the politics in play. Yes, exactly. Um, and, you know, maybe. Maybe they should have gone out and made their summaries public, right? I mean, again, break the rules because... Well, there's no repercussions for breaking the rules. That's exactly right. right. There are no repercussions for breaking the rules. But, you know, but he's Comey that, broke the rules. He's Trump that the stand-up rules. person to where he won't break the rules. And whenever you... I think that this is the one of the few times we needed someone to actually break the rules for the greater good. We were hoping. I mean, you know, how many times did we talk about... Uh, you know this this whole notion of sitting presidents cannot be indicted, and you know are they above the law? And you know how many times did we hear pundits talk about? Well, it's a memo; it's not a law, and maybe it shouldn't be followed. I never understood why they didn't fight that, take that to court, and fight that. Who? Mueller. If they they wanted to to indict, if they felt they could indict, especially on obstruction of justice, why didn't they just saddle up, take it into the courts? Because why don't you just issue an indictment? Well, that's what I meant. Indict, right? So it goes to the courts because it's a memo. In, and I think I believe you saw the Rachel show where they were talking about Mm -hmm. that memo was only created because they were trying to deal with uh, Spiro Agnew. Mm-hmm. And it really had nothing to do with the president, but it's being yeah. interpreted that way. And the, the rationale behind it is they're too busy to be bothered with, you know, indictments, criminal or otherwise. Well, <clears throat> you know, we have a president that plays golf, you know. Watches TV 16, all day yeah. and has all the yeah. personal time. Yeah, he's, so that, got, that, he's got time. You know, and not only, you know, <clears throat> I mean, I know that Obama worked harder. Right? I just say I know, but um, I don't think any president works too hard to be exonerated from criminal uh, investigation and prosecution. I don't care how hard they're working. No one's above the law. Uh, well, shouldn't be. Well, you know, we are all learning a lesson about that. And, and, and next time somebody throws that 
slang at me, I'll be like, well, it doesn't seem to be the case, does it? Uh, you know, even if your name is Jeffrey Epstein, you know. <laughs> So yeah, I, I'm just really disappointed that that uh, Mueller thought that he could do this the right way. You know, you know what's interesting though is that throughout the whole process of the the Mueller investigation, I think it's approximately what 22 months or whatever it was, that you didn't hear a peep out of any of them, and now we're starting to get yeah. people involved with it. That's not necessarily leaking, but they're talking to people who are talking who, to people who are talking to the press. And so so do you think that those leaks or what I don't know whatever you want to call them, do you think those are gonna eventually push it to the point where it's gonna get released? Or do you think that's I I actually do think it's gonna get released. I, I, I would move my, my percent up a little higher. Some of the things that, that Barr has said, I, I'm, I'm leaning more towards that because I think, here's the problem. Release it. Who cares? I, I, I don't think there's going to be enough in there for the House to impeach, even if there should be. I just think they're going to look at it that way. right? We know Pelosi doesn't have a big stomach for impeachment. And the bar, <laughs> no pun intended, the bar now is criminality. That's the only thing that matters in our politics anymore. Ethics, fuck them. Who gives a shit, right? Right, wrong, uh, you know, morality, hypocrisy. None of that matters anymore. You can call people out on all of those, you know, deplorable traits. If they're not going to jail, it's okay. And that's the that that's what. Trump has brought to America. I'm sure the Trumpster would say, "No, that's what Hillary brought to America," <laughs> right? I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not daft on that, right? I mean, I don't necessarily agree, but the bar is criminality. You know, I would say that she was investigated thoroughly, and you know, I don't know of any prosecutor that has come out and said that she should have been criminally indicted, right? I don't know, maybe somebody on Fox News. Wasn't Cohen? Didn't he say it? But but there's lots of prosecutors that have come out and you know, really hedged their bets against these other Comey characters. Cohen or Cohen? Cohen. It was a joke. Oh, okay. But there's been lots of other prosecutors that have come out and said, yeah, you know, there's enough evidence here on Trump and, 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 and his gang of ninny hammers. <laughs> so it's just... Um, and and I wonder where do we go from here? I don't know. Like 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 is is when do we go back to ethics and morality being the bar and 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 not criminality? You know, you know what is the story behind Manafort providing poll data to the Russians? What was the motive behind doing that? That should be it should raise a flag. And I can't think of a uh, a pure and honest, um, helpful way, right, that he would do that, right? Especially if it contained poll data, say, from purple states, right? So, so you know, it's not illegal. And, and, and I'm not sure that 
we should make it illegal. I, 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 I that's a, that's a, that's another giant step. But is it's it's unethical. You know, you're you're asking a foreign power to help you win an election. They have all their own motives. They don't have the motives of the American people. That's the bar has to be set at, at, at a much higher level than it is right now. The bar is just set so incredibly low. It's depressing. Yep. That's why we drink. And that we do. So that we should. To the next beer. And what else do you have in your treasure trove today, Blato? Today, the second beer is the Arcadia Ales uh, Lockdown Scotch Ale. Um, Loch Nessie. Uh, Arcadia Ales is another Kalamazoo brewery. So uh, right alongside Bell's there, and maybe some others. Um, the stats on this is uh, 12 fluid ounces. Nice. Uh, nice. Uh, Arcadia Brewing, which Ar- Arcadia is in Maine, isn't it? Uh, or is that Acadia? Arcadia. I so I don't know. Arcadia. I don't know what Arcadia has to do with Western Michigan, but it is uh, established in 1996, and it is an 8% beer. It looks like it's got a little Celtic, yeah, uh, symbol on the um, bottle cap. Yeah. I don't know if that has to do with the... Well, their logo seems to be that same kind of Celtic symbol. Um, Celtic knot, they call that. So so this is a a Scottish ale, but I don't know if that means that most of their beers have a Scottish theme or not. um, Or could not. (laughs) Celtic knot? I I don't... uh, There we go. Don't know much about them. A wee bit of head. uh, Yeah, yeah. Nob's no. got denied. Yeah, I don't have much at all. I'm gonna try and give mine a little extra pour here, see if I can. Still not much, but that's okay. Oh, a little, it's growing. It's hard to see through my Betty White pint. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it seems to be pretty dark. Um, now, if you have the only clear pint, yeah. pure, purely clear pint, so it, it, would you call that dark for a Scottish ale? For a Scottish ale, I would. Yeah. It's almost like a nut brown, right? Yeah. Yeah, kind of looks like, like a the, brown ale. The, yeah, the, the Newcastles and whatnot. All right. All right, we'll pop up. I went first for the aroma. And it is pleasant on the on the proboscis. <laughs> if I would if I would have waited another half a second longer, you might might, had, that might have gone out your you proboscis. Might have had a yes. there, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, well, you know, for us, for us neophytes, it doesn't give us much on the label. See, the rope gives us lots to talk about on the label, right? Talk about mouthfeel and roasted. And, and so this just kind of calls it a Scottish ale. Um, it's certainly an ale. I mean, that, that, that jumps out at me. My proboscis is kind of plugged up right now, so I'm having a little hard time here. Nobs, what do you think? Um, I think as far as a, a Scotch ale goes, it's... Lackluster. Okay. We had a few other ones on the show. Um, Scotty Karate is one. Final Ooh. Absolution is another one. And I think this one falls short to those two. He's comparing. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I hate that. We're not supposed to do that. I, uh, uh, 
but I, I was probably doing the same thing in my mind. Like, like what is jumping out at me at this beer? Nothing does. And it, it, it's a it's a fine Scottish ale. I, I like the name Lockdown L O C H Loch Ness. Ness. Mm-hmm. Um, but and and I find it very drinkable. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's it's it, it's not offensive in any way, right? Um, it's very it's, it's it's not bitter or hoppy at all. Um, Fairly smooth. I'd have to decide whether or not I would. It's difficult for me to say whether or not I would buy this again as an ale to have in 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 my uh, fridge. I'm gonna be honest. I'm having a hard time tasting it. <laughs> no, and I think it has to do with my cold. And, and, and in which case, you'd want a stronger beer. I think you're actually kind of supporting what Nobs and I are saying. It, I'm not tasting. I'm, I'm honestly. No, it's hard to taste anything. I'm not tasting much of anything. Right, I, yeah, I agree. No, with you. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not least, tasting much of anything. At least with the first beer, I picked up some definite mm-hmm. flavors and yep. tones. That it's like it, I'm just getting a liquid. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. I, yeah. How's the I'm mouth going, feel? <laughs> it's not there. Yeah. It's I, th- I thought you were going to say moist. <laughs> I almost did that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call. Cool. <laughs> I don't even uh, know if it's you, you know, versus the other beer, you can sense the carbonation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as as ales go, this one is kind of refreshing. I could I could see this being more year round um, than um, you know just a, a winter beer for as dark as it, as it is. So what we always do. I think our test is if you saw it on a beer menu, would you order it? Correct. Yes, I would. There's so, no question I would. If, if I was sitting down at a, a bar and I saw it listed and I really wanted a Scotch Ale, yeah, I, that, that's I'd where probably I'm going do it. Yeah. Because it's so unoffensive. Yeah. <laughs> it's a safe pick. I, exactly. That's what I was going for. <laughs> if, now, if I saw a few others, I would get those first. Right. But it's, it's a, a solid choice. Yeah, that's, where, that's, that's what I think, too. I, I think yeah. it, it just passes. I think I have to call Matt because I can't tell. <laughs> I'm tapping out. <laughs> well, we'll leave you one for another day. To I mean, I think I've tell. had almost half the glass just while talking about it. So It's very drinkable. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah I, I could go through a few of these. And, you know, at, at 8%. You know that, that 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 won't cost you too much. <laughs> okay, then it's for me. Eight <laughs> percent. It's for me. Bottoms, Bottoms up. up. <laughs> My bar is set high. <laughs> uh, so you need taller stools. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more distance to we fall. Get, uh, yeah. <clears throat> Been there. <laughs> Soon to be Fred Speakeasy. That's coming. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, wait till you see. I mean, ours. We got in my remodel. We got the the wall for the, the end of what will be the bar set up. Start to put the appliances in. Got the base cabinet ready to go. I can't think, wait. Think, I cannot wait to see that finished product. That's going to be things nice. are starting to come together, and then we will do a christening. See, see now that that's an over budget run that you don't really bitch too much about. No, no. When when when. When it had to be, right, when the first contractor messed it up so bad that we had to build a bar. <laughs> <laughs> the arm twisting that went on there. <laughs> uh, right. So that was, you know, oh, what overrun, right? This is, we're, we're getting value out of this. 
There are other things that we're, we're not getting value out of the, the contractor fucking things up. But, um, <laughs> but that we, we are, yes. And we, we might have to do a show on wine because I got my wine refrigerator and it is going to be stacked with bottles. I, I don't know what that's going to cost me. But. Well, we, we were talking about doing a distillery. Yeah. Yep. So which comes first? Distillery. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to I've do got my di- choice picked out. We have oh, to do you do? Oh, yeah. I've got one. I we got to do a distillery show before wine, but I agree. I, would, I wouldn't mind doing a wine. There's actually quite a few wineries in Michigan, too. Right. No, so we would it, do Michigan wine. Yeah. Right, right. So it, it works. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Michigan, Michigan drives a lot yeah, of alcohol. We're just a bunch of drunks here, aren't we? <laughs> Jeez. That's what right. drives people into dank basements once a week. <laughs> <laughs> to cry out to the world, <laughs> it is, it is, de- it is, it is desperation. Pure Michigan, <laughs> <laughs> which would actually make more sense if it was seventeen degrees and we had six inches of snow out there. But uh, uh, we could be outside now, yeah. or we could be at Houghton. <laughs> With how Michigan is, though, we could walk upstairs and there could be snow. Yeah, so. yep, yep, that's that's true. Let's not get crazy. Well, what do they call it in Houghton? Um, not Houghton, I'm sorry. Fourth of July? No, 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 no. <laughs> it's the only time they don't get snow. When you said Houghton, you know what I thought about? Houghton Lake. Oh, and, um, Higgins? Tip up town. And I was thinking this is Pottoms up town. Ooh, Pottoms up town. Pottoms up town. I like that. Yeah. We're going to Pottoms up town. We're going to Pottoms up town. Who's on board? Who's who's getting on the Pottoms up train? On the blue train. Woo <laughs> 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 woo. Well, uh, what else is pure Michigan? As I segue into so our next speaking topic. Speaking of other towns, maybe? Hockey town. There we go. Hockey town. Unfortunately, hey, hey, hockey town. Things are not, you know, all red and rosy in hockey town like they should be. Last two weeks they have been. Yeah, but this is the last night of the regular season. Yep. Who are they playing Buffalo? Uh-huh. Yeah, it is Western Michigan University night. Why? I, I, don't, I don't know how this promo came about, but I have friends from KZU come into town to go to the game. I got kind of a late invite thing, but it's it's not really, uh, you know, they, they're doing their own thing, right? I, I mean, I could climb on, but... Um, uh, but uh, you can, if you bought your tickets against Buffalo, if you bought your tickets through the WMU site. We're talking about Red Wing hockey, by the way. You can get a pretty snazzy Red Wings hat that's in the brown and gold. Oh, okay, cool. So it's the brown and gold logo, brown and gold hat, with the Red Wings wheel, uh, the winged wheel. Um, and, and they, and, and I'll have to get an update, they know somebody. Conspiracy theory. Uh, no tour. They're getting a tour of of Little Caesars. So my friend KP yeah. and, and 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 her friends. Hmm. So they they've planned this out and because I invited I invited her to uh, said well come into Detroit early and sit on podcasts and she said no we're getting a tour. Well la di da. And then I said well maybe I'll get a ticket and she said you shouldn't. I said I've already looked at it but like I said it's wasn't going to quite work out. My conspiracy was that maybe the Kaisers. Uh, contracts coming up, <laughs> and since he went to Western, maybe they're trying to butter him up. That whole alumni thing, maybe that maybe. could be possibly. Yeah, playing yeah. 4D chess and hockey, mm. oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which they normally don't do, right? Sometimes, um, but unfortunately, here we are, the end of the NHL season. Um, 
couple of us have our Red Wings gear on. But this is, what, the third year in a row that the Wings will not make the playoffs. Which is not acceptable here. Because how many years in a row? 22. 22 years it's either, in a row. It, it might, I, I'll fact check that, but it was either 22 in a row or 20. And we, and we missed out on the 23rd or 23 and missed out on the 24th. I thought they hit 25. No. No, definitely not. No, no. If, if twenty-two or twenty-three, I, I, I'd stake that, and missed out maybe on the twenty-fourth, like I said. But, um, uh, but you know, when we look back at what started that, not not the not really just started the run. Eisenman started the run, yep. right with it, with him coming, but uh, and and then it was the cobbling together of the Russian five. And then that's what started this terrific run of Red Wings hockey was, you know, with the Russian five and and all those things connected to it. And earlier today, we went and saw a documentary about the Russian five. Yep. Now, I thought, I would have always thought if we were going to do a podcast on the Russian five, it would have been about Mike Kalimnik, Manafort, <laughs> Papadopoulos. <laughs> Trump. I've been waiting all day for that one. You got that in your back pocket. I didn't even think about mm. it. I'm shocked. <laughs> that was good. I am shocked uh, at myself. <laughs> oh, you're not, nice tie in there, Blood. Potom's uh, up. We've got to do it another. Again. Yeah, that, that was good. That was good. But... We're not talking about Trump's Russian Five. We're we're talking about the Red Wings' Russian Five, and it was a really we 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 when we go see these movies and we want to talk about them on our podcast, we we try not to decompress until we get on air. So we haven't really talked about the movie, but but more so than the movie, I also want to talk about you know not just critiquing the movie, but kind of what it meant to hockey and what do we think it meant, you know. In, in a broader sense, um, either to the Red Wings or to the Detroit fan base, but or e- even to NHL or other sports. Right? I, I think you could even carry it over to other sports to a certain extent. But first on the movie, uh, uh, Nobs, what, what did you think of of the movie, The Russian Five? Uh, I thought it was fantastic. Um, what, what, you know, being our token millennial, what what did you what did you know? So that's a good, that's a great question is when all that happened, I was in my young teens. So to me, like I wasn't familiar with Red Wings really until this whole thing started taking off. And then, you know, parents, family, whatever were like, yeah, Red Wings, you're like going for the playoffs. Like, okay, that sounds great. I don't know about it. And then they, they win and just all this hype and fervor behind it. And I wouldn't say I'm a hardcore hockey fan by any means, you but I be. definitely I watch out for the Red Wings. I would have worn my jersey if it wasn't tucked away in a box waiting to be moved <laughs> to my new house. I actually thought you might show up with it. You know what? There's another story behind that. <laughs> I almost be- called be- you and said, Between the movie and recording, I had a shit afternoon <laughs> where one thing failed after the other, so let's not get go okay. on that road. Okay. All right. But, uh... 
No, it was great. And I like I watched this. I'm like, I remember that game. I remember where I was watching that fight between the goalies and that hit. I remember watching that live and to really feel that and reminisce about it, it was great. And I'll be honest, like I knew where it was going after their first sure. Stanley and midway through, like I was like, Oh, don't I, I know what's coming, I know what's coming. Right. And right. It, it it hits you. No, it does. It no, hits no, you no, in they're the field. I, 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 I gotta say, I felt all kinds of emotions yes. watching this documentary. The first thing that hit me uh, about it was when they have the people up there talking, the Dave Straters and the Nicholas Lindstroms and the Eisermans and mm-hmm. the and and the Illiches. Coming from this town, we don't know those people, but you kind of feel that like you do. Like I'm kind of, I feel like I'm. Home movies would definitely be. Like a big stretch, right? But it's like if I'm watching another movie, like Skyscraper or something, I don't know Dwayne Johnson. Mm-hmm. Like, like I have no connection to other movie stars. But right? if you say Illich, right? Like, he's like almost like a local hometown hero. And and, 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 and so I'm, I'm kind of watching this movie, and I just want to say, oh, I I know that guy, even mm-hmm. though I don't know that guy, right? Oh, I know that guy. I know that guy. So. You know, we we all bust out laughing when they showed an early picture of Mickey Redmond because <laughs> we feel like we know this yeah. guy, right? And we don't know him, right? I mean, and... Well, I went to school with a girl who's married to him. Yes, he so did, yeah. I kind of know him indirectly. <laughs> it's the Kevin Bacon thing. It's humble brag. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. But And she was the first real crush I ever had in fourth grade at Pierce Elementary. Now she's married to the guy, so, hey, I... I'm, I'm taking this all in. <laughs> I got my own my own humble brick later. Okay. Uh, my very first reaction was just an immediate sort of connection to the people in the film that I don't normally have with movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fred, what was your first reaction to the film? I I concur with what uh, Nob said. I really thought it was a fantastic film. I I'm a documentary kind of guy. I I really like documentaries. And I thought this one... That's why you pay Morgan Freeman to follow you around, right? That's right. <laughs> That's right. But I really thought it was a very well done um, documentary. I, I thought that it had lots there chronologically, mm-hmm. so you understood the genesis of the Red Wings becoming, once again, a dynasty hockey team in, like, I mean... 22 or 23 years straight in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. No one's even close to that, I would think. Right. I think the Bruins are a couple behind that, but uh, loved it. Loved it. Loved yeah. It. I yeah. didn't realize how much like Cold War conspiracy cloak and dagger stuff happened. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. that's that's what I, I thought was really good yeah. out of the movie was was they kind of show you the Russian side of things a little bit. Cause, because as the movie wore on, it became, and correct me if I'm wrong, Less about the Russian Five and more about the Red Wings. So once the Russian Five were assembled, it kind of became about the Red Wings' run from '94 through '97. Yeah, right. Um, I I don't know. I disagree. I think it had a lot with their impact in in what they did for morale they, they, and they, their team. And and they well, they brought it back. They kept bringing it back to the Russian yeah. Five in two ways. One, their their impact on the team in terms of chemistry, mm-hmm. and two, their impact on hockey. To say yes, play style, you know, let's you know, let's let's, you, you know, the word they didn't use in the uh, in in the documentary at all. Collusion. No. <laughs> <laughs> collusion. 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 Was was finesse? 
And I think that was because oh that was a God. term that we hear it a lot is that the Russians want to play finesse hockey and they didn't want they don't want to bang they don't want to yeah. bang. And the documentary never used the word finesse. Mm-hmm. You know, they talked about skating style, they talked about passing, they, they talked, talked about, about keep control. away, right? But they didn't use the word finesse. But that was a word that we heard a lot about Sergei Fedorov and and others. But certainly, no one ever accused Konstantinov as playing a finesse Finesse. game. (laughs) But they could. The Vladinator. You know, and, 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 you know, subsequent of the the Red Wings run, I would think that there are more teams that now play, maybe it's a hybrid, it's more of a mix of a physical game and passing, but you see a lot more passing back into your own zone Mm -hmm. than you did prior. You see a lot of dumps, too. Yeah. Something they specifically talked about. Well, no, they. I think what Eisenman said about the the dumping is that was typical. That was Cana- that was Canadian hockey. Yeah. Well, they dumped it. They too. dumped. You it do in, see more now. They dumped it in the corners, and they go in and scrum after the puck to try to gain possession right. in, in and then offense center it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the, and then the defense is trying to center it to bring it up the middle. It's kind well, of the Russian five played tic tac toe all the way down the ice. They played four D chess. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. I'll tell you what, man. <laughs> no. You know what was was, was amazing is even though I lived through it and I was a part of all that, you, you forgot how truly masterfully finesse they came up ice. The little tic tac toe mm-hmm. passing. It like you, you had even made a comment during the movie that the defensive were kind of going <laughs> Yeah, they were they were spinning kind of in circles. Like, where's the puck? Where's the puck? And these guys are just banging it around, and then they bury it. Well, yeah. Wasn't it Osgood during the movie who was talking about was it Larianov? We played against Larianov. He's like he would do things with a puck that you were trying to figure out, and then it was and in it's the too net. late. Then it's too late. It's, it's and, and, and I love that he said it. that it still pissed him off. Yeah, yeah. to this day, pissed him off. Still pissed him off. The, the other the other thing that the the movie did for me was it just conjured up how much hatred I had towards Colorado Avalanche. <laughs> I mean, I, I spit spit kind of anger on Colorado. I mean, and 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 that kept coming up with me. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, those sons of bitches, you know, and they they beat us in 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 ninety three, um, you, you know, and it was just like. But the other thing, and this is just, just spreading this out a little bit larger. Sports used to be you always had to get past your nemesis to get to the next level, right? You know, the, the Pistons had to get past the Celtics. Then they had to get past the Lakers, right? The Red Wings had to get past Colorado, mm-hmm. Um you know, <laughs> the Tigers had to get past. I don't know. You know, <laughs> San Francisco, but 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 a little league team. <laughs> I'm talking about when they were good, but but you know, I don't know if that. I think it, the business of sports has changed that, and it, it's you know, teams with the with the right drafting, with the right coaching, with the right you know components can vault themselves to the front of the line, right? I mean, I just saw the Vegas Knights play, and they were in the freaking Stanley Cup Finals last year as an as an entry level team. Well, you know? don't I mean, don't forget that all the teams throughout the league have to give players to expansion. Yeah. 
No, no, but 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 still, that should not equal Stanley. I, I just think it's, it's there. One of the things that that the Red Wings did back in the '90s is, and they kind of brought it up in the movie a little bit, was they threw money around. Satchels, oh, actually, yeah, bags of money. <laughs> but they, all this could be yours. But there was no salary cap, right? So the owners that spent the most could get the most, and you know that's how we got Shanahan, and that's how we, you know. Um, uh, got Larry on off, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, but that was um, that was a that was a thing back then. I still give the Red Wings a ton of credit for putting that team together and having you know the the foresight to say, hey, we can bring European players over, right? Today that that doesn't work because the salary cap is very hard, mm-hmm. and free agents are really hard to lure to your team and what. He, who are you not paying to do it? So it's a really different game than what it was back then, yeah. especially on the business side, right? Because when you had Scotty Bowman and, and Del Vecchio and they weren't encumbered <laughs> by by things like salary cap. Devolano. Seven, thank you. Not Del Vecchio. Right. <laughs> Del Vecchio somebody else. Alex? Remember him? <laughs> anyway... When they weren't encumbered by things like salary cap, you know what I mean. You you, you could use more of your 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 brains mm-hmm. to figure out how to put together a winning team, and that's what they did. Well, you know, what was was I mean, if you, you think about the whole premise to what those guys did, they were doing this international, almost espionage mm-hmm. type yeah. of thing. They're they're going into foreign countries. And they're getting these cloak and dagger meetings with yeah, these players. Yeah, it was crazy. Military officers. Yeah, yeah. They're military officers. crazy. And they're going with sacks of money. It just, it's very clandestine, well, the right? The Constantino story, they, they didn't get into the details of it, but there was a bribe to the doctors. Oh, yeah. Yeah, to, yeah. to get him. Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Game of Thrones. <laughs> In, in in order to get the medical uh, to get him on a doctor medical exception right that he, you know they had to bribe him how much did they say it was they didn't say uh, I thought they said satchels full of money that's all they ever said I thought he put a number on it I thought it was ten or twenty thousand dollars they had to bribe the the uh, army doctor to yeah. give him a discharge a medical discharge I like how he put it though he's like never saw the money again. Yep. Right. That's what he said. Is that we we didn't really need to know where it went. Right. Don't care. Yeah. That's so crazy. It's so cloak and dagger. You know, spy novel kind of stuff. But this was NHL hockey. Detroit. Like the way they portrayed that though was a lot of um, like noir. Yes, they did. Yes. With like, it was very well done. I thought that was very cool, actually, and. I'm not that big of a fan of that kind of stuff, but I thought that was a nice touch. Because they did it, actually, the very first scene of the movie. Yep. They very went right to the, the sketching or the cartoon, and that was very cool. Yeah, And, and it, it, it kind of threw you off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, okay, this is cool. But, you know, I was like, hey, wow, this is a little bit different direction and in, in, in movie making on, on this kind of documentary. You know what's funny is... Um, Today I had my garage door put in, right? <laughs> and so I got my I got my Red Wings jersey on. In in uh, the guy who put my garage door in goes, "Are you going to the game tonight against Buffalo?" Did he I, say it was WMU night? No, he did not. 
he did not look like a, a Bronco to me. But um, <laughs> what he, had, he like asked it? if I would. <laughs> no, don't answer that. <laughs> Looks like that, right? Yeah, it looks, looks, <laughs> it looks, looks like, like, looks like Blotto. <laughs> Damn, I lost my train of thought. He said you were going to go. He asked if you were going to the game tonight. You were wearing your Red Wings jersey. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> He's building your garage door. He was done at that point. <laughs> what, did, did he have a thought about the Red Wings? Like, was, is well, it, you know, had, I, told him, his, his I told him we went to the, um, the, the movie. The movie. And I was trying to explain to him what it was, and he, he was pretty interested in it, but I still don't have my train of thought. <laughs> Forget it. Well, Move two, on. Two 80% beers will do that. Yep, yep. 80%. <laughs> Bottoms up. God dang it. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I don't think there'll ever be anything else like it in the NHL because you know, you got so many foreign-born players. Uh there was something else that the movie brought up, like it conjured up a lot of things because it was so it was such an important part of our past. Mm-hmm. Was I do remember a lot of people sort of like down on the Red Wings for bringing in these foreign players, like like that was a thing, right? There 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 was animosity or uh, I don't know what you want to call it, that, Trumpism, uh, you know, but but you know. And I and I was trying to think as I was watching the movie, if I was, you know, a Toronto fan, right? How would I look on the Red Wings then? Like, would I look at them as being cheaters? Because that's that's the way the Red Wings were kind of being portrayed mm-hmm. by drafting these these Russian players and then bringing them in and figuring out ways to get it done. I just it, it was it it just reminded me of the opinions of a lot of people about having a, a Russian line or enough Russian players to, to, to make its own their own line. Hmm. And I, I, re- I remember all of that. Uh, uh, I was gonna, you were going to say something? Yeah, it was almost, in my opinion, viewed as if they were outsourcing their jobs to, well, that's to the way Russians. They, see, that's the way they portrayed it. I just remember it was more like just them being foreigners, you know. And now, of course, yeah. and, 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 you know, one of the great uniters in the, in the world is sports, for mm-hmm. sure. And, you know, today... Well, it dates back to the Olympics. Well, no, because it, it does. But I'm talking about with... The, the Olympics were, you can almost say, are, are dividing, okay? And what I mean by that is you have the Russian team and you have the Canadian team and you have... The, well, no, I mean, like, the... Right. Old, old, ancient Olympics to where right. those countries and I don't mean would, that the, would go. They'd and, be peaceful times while yeah. they. And I don't mean competed. that the Olympics are dividing. What I'm, what I'm talking about is the integration of European or other, you know, continent players coming to play like in America. You know, and you know, football. You don't have as much of that. You have some still. Baseball, you have a ton, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and basketball. Over the years, you've seen so much more. And certainly the Russian Five had an impact on culturally accepting or even for the scouts to be looking out around the world. And it has made it a, a much smaller uh, much smaller world. I get what you're saying. There were, there were two other th- things that, that came into mind when I was watching the movie about my own personal memories. Uh, one was the greatest one of, probably number one, if I have to think back, at the greatest sporting event that I ever personally attended 
was game five of the 93-94 season when the Red Wings beat the Blackhawks to go to the Stanley Cup. Then they got swept by New Jersey. <laughs> but I was at the game five, and uh, I just remember when uh, they won in overtime, uh, just screaming like the rest of the crowd was, we're going to the Stanley Cup. 41 years later, we're mm-hmm. going to the Stanley Cup. You know, And I'd been to a Stanley Cup game. I, in fact, I even went to a Stanley Cup game that year. But, but that, that game that put the Red Wings into the Stanley Cup after 41 years uh, was just one of the most memorable sporting moments of my life, bar none. And then the other one that I remember is, is related to the movie. So two years later, they get back to the Stanley Cup and they sweep the Flyers. And uh, I was not in town. I was living in Cleveland during that season, uh, but still a strong Red Wings fan. Uh, My company no longer had our season tickets, which enabled me to go to so many games back in the day. But I was actually in Philadelphia when the Red Wings swept the Flyers. Oh, really? Mm. And... I was there for a pet trade show. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I've done, done a lot of trade shows, and this one was for the pet industry. And uh, and I was at a bar in like the bottom of the Marriott or whatever I was staying at in downtown Philadelphia, surrounded by all these Philadelphia fans. I think I did wear a jersey, not a jersey. I think I wore a, a t-shirt, t-shirt and maybe a hat. And what I, you know, Philadelphia is maybe not the place you want to Probably be not, sport. No. But you, you know, you, you know, what really stands out to me uh, about that was I caught no shit, no shit whatsoever. After the game and the sweep, I had a number of people buy me a drink, hmm. and the Philly fans were like, "We have nothing against the Red Wings. We think they're a cool club." Right, we're not the Boston, we're not the Islanders. We're you know, you know what I mean, you know. That was you know East versus West, and they didn't even really even play each other, right? And they just thought they liked the Red Wings. They liked their style of play. They respected them as 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 skaters. So during that game, when I was one of the only people in the whole bar that was wearing any Red Wings garb and rooting for the Red Wings, I, I got. You know, you know, I got the Joe Biden treatment. You know, people, people were people were touching you. Yeah, people were touching you. Smelling your hair, <laughs> kissing you softly on the back of your head. Because so those those are as as other than hating Patrick Waugh, Patrick Roy. I always Roy, call him Roy. Of course, because other than how much hatred I had t- towards the Avalanche, uh, Avalanche. avalanche. <laughs> uh, those two other memories really. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sort of bubble to the top of, of my memory was uh, getting to the Stanley Cup and then uh, winning the Stanley Cup while I was in Philadelphia and how well I was treated. Well, some of the memories that kind of got stirred up in me from watching the movie was the 1997 when they first won the cup, the parade downtown. I went to that parade and that was just fantastic and i mean we were right in the middle of it so that was a fantastic memory and then of course the golf 
uh, outing injuries that Konstantinov and Manetsikov got. I I was brought back to that moment because I'm I'm not trying to glom on, but I was the biggest Konstantinov fan ever. Yeah, no, glom away. Yeah. I mean that that guy to me. All right. We'll go back to uh, an episode or two ago when we were talking about the way I used to play soccer, mm-hmm. hammering people. <laughs> yes, yes. Who would be my hero? Yeah, right. Vladimir right. Konstantinov, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, that guy was like, to yeah. me, that was my hockey hero. Well, he, he had a great blend of, of skills plus being able to hammer, mm-hmm. right? But yeah, he was. And the, that describes your, your, your soccer game. To me, he you was, had really good skills. Yeah, but plus, I'd like to you, beat shit on yeah, people if I right? could. And so to me, he was just like, that was my hockey hero. He was the package of both finesse and shit hammering, right? And then when that happened, I, I, I couldn't believe it when we started seeing those news reports about the limo crash. And actually, in the theater today, I teared up, man. When, no, it was when emotional. They were, it was definitely emotional. And I'm almost doing it now because... That's 22, 23 years ago. I think it... And when, when that stuff happens, like, how could that happen, man? That that guy went through a lot of stuff to get here, become part of it, mm-hmm. and then to get it all swiped away. I think it was maybe an Eiserman interview in the movie that he mentioned, you can't believe it. Yeah. I think it was him who said that. It could, it could have been somebody else. But I remember, I was in Cleveland at the time, and I remember thinking to myself when I heard the news reports, it is sort of like unbelievable. Like you're, like this whole city and Red Wings fans were kind of in denial. They thought everything would be okay, right? I mean, and, and, and they also pointed out how the doctors were a bit coy, mm-hmm. right? They didn't want, so you were, you, you really were, operating under the idea that everything was going to be okay and that it just seemed unbelievable what had happened. And and so there was a little bit of denial. And I remember that was another one of the emotions that I had. It was like, no, that just really didn't happen that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was going to be okay. To me, it was, here I am, 12, 13 years old, and you see the rise of these heroes, and they are like superheroes to like a young 13-year-old. And then they got the parade, and then two days later, your heroes are vulnerable. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you what, man. I I, I was choked up when they were mm-hmm. you know, showing that whole thing, and just brought back yeah. so much, you know. Yeah. Especially, Especially when they that, when they show them bringing out on the ice yeah, and stuff. Oh and God. I knew it was coming. Remember, right? it happening, yeah. <laughs> yes, you know it's coming. You yeah. know what I thought was interesting though, is that Galita guy, the limo driver. All they said about him. Was that he fell asleep? Yeah, but he actually was smoking pot, yeah. and that's why he passed out. They gave him a break. I thought uh-huh. it was an interesting. It's like right. they weren't looking to blame him for it, even yeah. though it's his fault. They just said, "I oh, fell asleep," and he veered into the medium, and hit the tree, and yeah, on Woodward, wasn't it? Huh? On Woodward, yeah, 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 it was on Woodward. Yeah. So, I, I thought that was kind of charitable that they did that because yeah they could have hung the guy out to dry yeah because he was guilty and, and he and, spent nine months and, in jail for it and the 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 red wings also you know uh, tr- tried to pay him as much 
homage as they did Konstantinov in terms of, you know, well wishing and things like that. You know. Yeah. I, I I thought the only thing that might have lacked in that movie is the masseuse. They, mm-hmm. you know, they 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 didn't really like follow up on him, mm-hmm. and and I think he was paralyzed from the waist down. But they didn't really say, you know, mm-hmm. where he is, what's his life like, is he moved on, is he okay? I I kind of wanted to hear what's his name, Manetsakov, something like that. I think it was <laughs> Good enough, Manetsakov. I thought they probably should have spent a little time on him at yeah. least, but that, that's actually what I was thinking. That that's who they they did pay some homage to. Yeah, but the Red Wings did. Yeah, but I'm just saying in the movie they they didn't like follow right. up on it. Yeah, was, they, they, there was no uh, like recap at the end or anything. Yeah, not on him. Right. Like they did the other players. Right. Exactly. Yeah, but good good documentary and was, and and, and uh, for me. Yes. Oh, for sure. So, and uh, our review the, on that. I found out that the director is actually from my hometown. Oh. And yeah. uh, worked at the same big box retail store that I worked at. But, yeah. Interesting. So, really? Yep. Uh, name? Joshua Riel. Riel. Okay. R H E I L. You saw that in the credits? Is that where you learned it? Or, or you know, did you? No, I, I saw an article on it previously. He's, oh, he's very from good. that area. So. Well, if you get the chance to catch that movie, for sure. Yeah, Russian uh, five. Go wings. Bottoms up, go wings. <laughs> Bottoms up, out. Cause baby, I hate you. Cause baby, I hate you. Cause baby.